Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about all the various ways you can make your next fundraising event better. And today, we have Jessica King as a special guest. And oh my gosh, I am in the presence of two experts today. We got Mark Labriola from uh, Brand Viva Media as well. That's right. Hey, how's it going? It is going awesome. Thanks for having me on your show. (laughs) Yeah. So um, Jessica's with Getting Your Attention or Getting Attention. Getting Getting Attention. attention. That's it. I love it. Yep. Do we have your attention? Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> this you threw is her the, off there. She's like, wait, what? She's like, what? It's like, I got her attention. We got your attention on this podcast. We are going to talk about marketing. Um, so specifically, Jessica, give us a little bit of background, not just on what getting attention does, because we're going to definitely talk about that, but, but also your general background with nonprofit marketing also. Yeah, so I started my career in social media for nonprofits. So helping with, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, now it's X, I suppose, um, and Instagram, but kind of the whole the whole kit and caboodle there. Um, then I moved into search engine uh, optimization, search engine marketing, and that was kind of a natural progression to working with nonprofits for uh, the Google Ad Grant. And so what the Google Ad Grant is, is a $10,000 per month grant from Google that allows folks to take advantage of paid search ads. And so what getting attention does is helps nonprofits to acquire the Google ad grant and then to make full use of it. So we help them with their advertising strategy um, and, you know, report on results monthly and basically help our our nonprofit clients to better reach their goals. Now, 10,000 a month. I know that's a lot. Yeah. But I have a question. Can that money be mm-hmm. used for like um, creative or assets or it has to sp- strictly be spent on, uh, you know, just running the ads? So it's just search ads, um, okay. which is one thing that uh, I always like to make sure that nonprofits are clear on when they come in with uh, for the Google Ad Grant. So um, when I say search ads, what I mean is like if you pop something into Google, if you're like, you know, um, fun things to do this weekend and you get your list of results, those like text ads that appear at the top of the results page, that's what we're talking about in the Google Ad Grant. And so um, I can speak kind of from my experience as a a Google ad grant manager, we help with sort of creating all the ad text. We'll help you kind of create the strategy of what pages on your website to link to, et cetera. Um, And we can also, you know, I think this will vary by vendor, but we also can help out with images so that if you appear in that number one spot, you can get a nice eye-catching picture next to your ad. But for example, there's a different program if you want like display ads, which are like the ones that follow you around the internet. There's a different Google program for that? Yeah, so that is, uh, you'd have to use a regular paid Google Ads account, oh, okay. but yeah, that is uh, how you would get that. Okay, so it, mm-hmm. so I would imagine, so what we're talking about here in terms of a marketing strategy is somebody, you know, through this ad program, right, this grants program, is able to put some ads up through AdWords, and those yep. are going to end up on a landing page somewhere. So I would imagine these aren't super effective unless you are able to convert these into something. Right. So are you working with your clients on what happens after the click? Yeah. So what we typically try to do um, for landing pages, because this is sort of this is actually a question I get a lot is like, do we need a separate landing page? 
every single ad need a separate landing page? And there has been some, I would say, uh, kind of progress with Google as far as landing pages go. What we typically recommend for our client is that best practices for landing pages to a large extent are going to be the best practice for your website. So let's say you are uh, bringing in somebody who is interested in your mission. Let's use like an animal shelter as an example, right? So look, if they have Googled, let's say like adopt a kitten, then when they land on your website, they're expecting to see something that will let them take that next step of adopting a kitten. But whether somebody clicked through that ad to get to your website or whether they found it um, through what's called organic, and we can kind of talk about the differences in these channels in a sec if you'd like, um, they should be able to very clearly and easily take that next action, regardless of whether we built it as like a very refined page. So what we do with our clients is we work with them to say, how can we take the pages that are existing on your website, make them more friendly to Google? So making sure that the keywords that we are trying to show up for are appearing on the website and make sure that they're very user-friendly. So there's minimal friction to users taking the action we want them to take. There's clear calls to action. Uh, this page loads correctly. It's easy to kind of find their way around. It has the information they're looking for, et cetera. But as far as building out separate landing pages, what I've found is those can actually be kind of a lot to wrangle um, when you have like a huge library that you're working with and you're like, oh God, we've got 20 separate landing pages for right. 20 separate campaigns. It's a lot more streamlined to sort of take what you've got make it as good as possible, and then use that. It keeps everything a little bit more neat, a little bit more tidy. Okay. So brave of you guys to be diving into some of these nonprofits' websites. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the amount of clutter, I'm sure that has to be uh, decluttered is, is probably, uh, there's just a lot there, I'm sure. Because a lot of times I feel like people, they want to say so much, you know, because they're so passionate about their ideas and right. they want to explain all the details. But really, it's like we're trying to get people to take an action and um sometimes all that language gets in the way of them taking right. that action. They get lost in, in the other things. And so, yeah, it's I could see how it would be difficult to, uh, you know, because people get so attached to their mission too. And they're like, well, I want to say this and I, I want to say that, you know. And uh, sometimes you just have to realize like, okay, like all those things are great and we can mention those things on a landing page or someplace on the website. Yeah. But for this ad to be effective, we need it to be very concise and very action-oriented. We need it oriented. to convert. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny because to me it'd be like the onion, and maybe this is kind of like the type A perfectionist in me, but I have a feeling if I dove into some of these nonprofits' websites, I'd be like, well, let's um, maybe let's upgrade your website. Like maybe we should rebrand <laughs> it. Like you happy with that logo? You know, yeah. or you've got 6,000 words on this page. Can we like shrink this down, change your messaging? And all of a sudden you're like starting from scratch with their marketing. So you got to be a little careful, I would imagine, with you guys. Yeah. And honestly, like I I try to be really upfront with nonprofits who I'm talking to. If I think that they are going to need kind of substantial website changes before we could see good results with the Google Ad Grant, like I'm going to tell them that because you're right. You do see a number of uh, nonprofit websites that could use some work. What I've actually been surprised by is I, I have, of course, seen the, you know, essays uh, about the work where it's like someone is not sitting and reading all of that. But I also see the flip side, I think, where maybe folks are so kind of familiar with their mission. They're so familiar with what mm. they do that they forget to put themselves in the shoes of people who have never encountered your organization right. before, have never heard of you and have no idea what you do. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of little things that go with that. Even just where are you located is a is a big question that I often need nonprofits to clarify on their site. So, 
you know, there's, uh, it's, it's helpful. I think it's a helpful exercise um, to go through your website and just pretend you've never seen it or get a friend. Like if you have right. somebody who, you know, for a fact has like never once looked at your website, have them go through it and be like, was anything confusing? Did you have any questions that you could not find the answer to on the site or was anything really difficult to find the answer to? Like these are all really helpful exercises. Yeah, I'm a big fan of video, obviously. I yeah. don't have a media company. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of times you can say a lot in a short period of time mm -hmm. through a video. You know, it's like if you have 60 or 90 seconds to like explain what your mission is and how it solves someone's problem or helps, you know, the community or whatever it is, um, you can do that really effectively, you know. And, and I feel like people engage more with video too. I mean, everything that we see is like, you know, people, they spend more time on a web page if there's video on there, you know, yeah. so. I agree, you know, and I, and I think, you know, one of the things also that we started messing around with that I think nonprofits would love to your point around like seeing like how are people reacting on your site is, is a tool like a hot jar or something. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. To see where people are instantly like clicking and. Yeah. You know. I know we didn't turn this into that because we're going to talk about ad grants in a second, but like literally a tool like a hot jar or what's the other one called? Like. Angel Orange or I don't anyway you guys can go look them up but what they do is they're a plugin and I would say probably 90 plus percent of nonprofit websites are probably in a WordPress framework or something yeah. so you put this plugin in there and you literally log in and it does it shows you videos of what people do oh yeah it's really cool it's like the heat map and then just yes. like the watching someone right getting confused I mean like where's the buy now button <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So it's like, it's one of those things where like, what, what is it where you have to start defining these terms for our audience, a heat map. So it will actually like highlight the areas of the site where people click the most. Yeah. Right. So, you know, obviously it might say the donate button or that's what you want. Right. right. Imagine. So. Yeah. But then if you see it's really hot over by some sort of photo or right. some sort of other area, you're like, oh, okay, there's a problem. We need to direct people up to the right. donate button. Right. So you're making, so you go to Google, you get the, I, let's, we'll come back and talk about how you get it, but like you get yeah. all of this money. And now you're running all of these ads, and now they're hitting this landing page, and you're trying to convert them to do something. Register for an event, donate to your cause, fill out a lead form, volunteer, whatever it might be that you're running an ad for. I think a tool like a Hotjar can help you really understand, like, am I getting yeah. that conversion? Right. You know, but – okay, so let's back up for a second. So yeah. the ad – the grants program, it's clearly not for everybody. I would. Yeah, that's right. true. So what? Who, who? People who don't want money. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay. So just full disclosure, because I think we were probably one of the first charities that tried it. But I want to say probably 2007, 2008 timeframe. Um, my charity applied for it, and we got it. And then we spent a considerable amount of time trying to figure out how to spend all this money. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It sounds like a good problem to have, but you almost sound it almost sounds like you're like it's kind of negative. Well, I think you need you need a getting attention. Like you need a you a need guide. an agency yeah. to do it for you because for us, we're like, well, we we're you know, we we're trying to figure out like what ads are we gonna run and like what are we going to drive traffic to, you know? And so I mean, we ran tons of ads for tons of keywords and you know, we're a rare disorder, so there's only only so many searches you right. can do. So I think You'd have to explain to us, Jessica, your opinion on like what what charities is this good for? And I would imagine it's got to be some that that feel like they can drive enough traffic to warrant it. Yeah, yeah. I can start from uh, this question from a couple of angles. First of all, I'm going to talk about eligibility because there might be some folks who are listening to this who are like, "Oh, great, I'm going to go sign up right now," and they may uh, be stymied uh, at, right out the gate. So, first of all, you do have to be registered as a 501c3. 
Um, and you can't be a school. There is a Google for Education program that is uh, designed for schools, totally different you know, suite of offerings, but sadly you are not eligible for the Google, Google ad grant. Um, the next group that is not eligible would be like hospitals, healthcare organizations, um, and then the last would be governmental entities. This is my theory. So this is not confirmed anywhere in Google's like documentations. My theory about what all those groups have in common is government funding. Um, so I would say if you are a nonprofit, you're maybe like, hey, you know, we distribute medical supplies. Does that make us a healthcare center? It's worth just giving it a go, especially if you don't receive any kind of like government funding um, to see if you're eligible. So just from the eligibility question, that's something to keep in mind. Talking about what kinds of nonprofits get the best results from the Google Ad Grant, I think it can be a little bit mission specific, but I think one of the things that is most helpful to keep in mind is sort of what are you hoping for from the Google Ad Grant? Because it is a really powerful tool to bring in folks who have never heard of your organization before and who are searching for things that are relevant to your mission. So I think if you know that there is a group of people out there who is searching for things that are related to your mission, there's a good chance that that's going to be a good fit for you. What the Google Ad Grant is less good for, sometimes I tell my nonprofits to think of it like um, if you were walking down the street and there's somebody who's got like a table, and they're like, you know, handing stuff out or they're like trying to talk to you, right? They're like, hey, you know, would you sign your email on this sheet of paper or would you donate a dollar? You'd probably be like, yeah, okay, sure. I don't know you, but all right, seems fine. If they were like, hey, would you donate $4,000 to our capital campaign? You might be like, I've never met you before. Uh, that's a little fast, right? So the Google Ad Grant is really best suited for these types of asks that are going to be kind of appropriate for people who are less familiar with your organization. So signing up for emails, for like nurture streams, that can be a really good fit. Um, overall, just increasing awareness in the market, that's another great fit. Donations can work. My experience has been that... Um, nonprofits who have either a lot of brand recognition or who have a, uh, I hate to say like a popular mission, but uh, a mission with a broad base of supporters are going to do successful like donation puppies. campaigns. Yeah. 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 Who doesn't love we, to save a puppy? I want to save a we puppy. We have some nonprofits. We have one, for example, who is a uh, fundraising arm for a national park. That's like a really great example. Uh, People yeah. who are passionate about national parks are very passionate about national parks. They know exactly what they're looking for. They know exactly the donation they're trying to make. Whereas some of our other organizations who are a little bit more niche or who are a little bit like less well-known, those are better suited for awareness campaigns. You can build up over time to this donation um, outcome or other relevant outcomes that you might be interested in, like recruiting volunteers, things like that. Well, will Google kick you out if you don't use all of the money? No. 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 So the requirements to keep the grant are uh, fairly straightforward. You, the two biggest ones. So there is a minimum click-through rate. What that means is the percentage of people who see your ad who then click on it. That minimum click-through rate is 5%. And it's like if you miss that 5% in one month, it's not like you get like completely you know, blacklisted <laughs> from the program. Right you're, yeah. you're done forever, right? They, they give you a warning if you continue to not be able to make that click-through rate then they'll uh, deactivate your account. It is possible to reactivate lapsed accounts. So it's a little bit of kind of a, a three strikes you're out type of deal, not like an instant don't ever talk to us again type of thing. 
Um, so that's one click through rate. And then the other requirement to maintain that grant each month is you have to get at least one conversion. But the nice thing about conversions is this is a meaningful action that you somebody takes on, on your <laughs> website. Yeah. <laughs> the month's coming to an end and you're like, I don't have just one. donate one dollar. <laughs> Call all your friends up. <laughs> click on all these ads. Come on. <laughs> I need to convert. Yeah. No, the good thing about conversions, you get to pick what the conversions are. So, for example, you might have a pairing of con- of conversion actions. You might have several different ones. You might have some that you're feeling pretty confident you can achieve, like email signups. Those are usually pretty um, accessible for organizations of just about every size. You might have others that are a little bit bigger asks. So it might be a donation. It might be creating a profile with you. It might be a purchase from your web store, things like that. You only need to get one of these each month. So. But you're going to need Google Analytics to track the conversion? I mean, how does Google know you got a conversion? Yeah, there is um, conversion tracking that's hosted within Google Ads. My opinion about this is actually that it's not that good. I would I would set up Google Analytics. That's something that our team, um, for example, helps our clients with. It's also something that actually adding the tags is not usually too hard to the site, especially if you're built in like a WordPress or a Squarespace or a HubSpot type site. Um, that part's usually not too bad. Where it can get a little squirrely is uh, some of the event parameters in GA4, everyone's, every marketer's favorite yes. tool. Um, GA4 <laughs> is so popular. Little... <laughs> yes, we were all so happy that they took a functionality product and changed right. it. But, um, but it is a very powerful tool. And you had to go and update tool. it. You know, There's like a business. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> on how you can ruin a product <laughs> yeah. called Google Analytics 4. I'm sorry, Google's probably yeah. never going to give me a grant now for my charity. Yeah, hey. We've uh, been picking on them. Yeah, I, I'm also on their list. They're like, hmm. <laughs> we, we've got your number. No, they, uh, but Google Analytics 4, it, there's a learning curve, but it is it is possible to, to learn how to do it and to set it up. And so then you connect it to uh, Google Ads, and then you have the benefit of, and I, I really do think there's benefit to both, because you want to not only track how you're doing in ads, make sure you maintain that grant, But GA4 gives you tons of information about how people behave on your website. So if you're just looking in general to like improve your website, similar to that uh, heat map thing we were talking about earlier, you can see like what are your most popular pages? You know, what are what are people clicking on? What actions are people taking? You know, if you have videos on your site, you can even see like how far have they watched in the videos, things like that. So there's a wealth of information to be had there. It's a it's a good tool for folks to start with. And it's free. Are those services you provide to your clients? Will you so we set up GA4 for them? Yep. We set up GA4 and then we set up conversion actions that are related to the Google Ad Grant profile. Um, so, you know, if they're like, hey, we want to track when people submit a contact us form, you know, we can help you get that set up. I'm going to make a shameless plug for you and say that <laughs> for, for our audience who's looking at this ad program, you should just hire an agency like these guys to do all of it. I'm telling you, like it's all got to get connected correctly together and it's got to work. And you're just honestly, you're just going to want the report at the end of the month saying mm-hmm. this is what you need to know. Because otherwise, and I look, I've been in this space for a long time. You will be digging through loads of information trying to figure out what's meaningful to know and what's not. Right. So, yeah, I think it's especially on the AdWords side because just to kind of educate people on what we're talking about because you know now that we're 23 minutes in this podcast we even told you what adwords are um <clears throat> so when you're trying to drive traffic to your website um people in most cases are going to go to unless they know exactly who you are and most and they won't and people are lazy anyway they're still going to go to google to look you up so they're going to go there they're going to type it in and so when the results come back based on what they typed in you're going to have a set of, of results, and some of those are going to be paid. And they say ad or they say sponsored or whatever. You, most people know which ones those are. 
Okay. So the the natural results are what you would call organic, right? So those are the the natural search results that Google's algorithm says these are the most accurate responses for what that user typed in. Okay. The sponsored results are the paid ads. That's what we're talking about. And it's never a bad idea if you are the Save the Whales Foundation to have both a paid result for Save the Whales Foundation as well as the natural result. It never hurts, especially when you're if you have the ad grant, right? Because I mean, well, and it produces, I think, more trust, you know, and brand yeah. awareness too, right? If someone sees you in the sponsored and maybe skips, but then they see you down in the you know non-sponsored, it's like, oh, right. okay, I got that that name or that image popped up in my brain, so now I'm more likely to take an action, you know, towards yeah. like, get one step closer to taking an action. So right. yeah, I agree. But it's tricky because. You have to know what people might be typing in that that would be meaningful to get to your site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Google doesn't always tell you, right? So you you have to sometimes even ask people. Like like we tell people, we ask people them like, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I went and searched on Google. What did you search for? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'd like to know because um, that helps us. Right. So it, it's not easy, right, to, to even know. So you have to do what – Explain a little bit about the whole keyword research process and kind of what you guys would would do with a client to help them understand what what keywords to buy. Yeah. Keyword research is a really like, um, I mean, if you're a nerd like me, it's kind of a really interesting area of marketing where you're kind of got this overlap between what Google the robot understands and what Google uh, as sort of a user interface will show and kind of how do you both control what the robot Google understands and control kind of what is appearing in front of users. That's one thing that I think is kind of cool about Google ads is like when you are showing up in Google organic search results, those like blue links that nobody paid for, um, Google is showing what it thinks is the best fit to folks queries. Those might not be the pages that you want to promote. So like, for example, if you want people to be able to go straight to that donate page, you can link that among other pages in your ad results. When we think about how to build out a keyword strategy, there's a couple of things to kind of keep in mind. And there's like a kind of basic framework that I would start with. The first thing you're going to want to keep in mind is that the terminology that you use to talk about your mission may not be the terminology that people who don't know a ton about it or who aren't in it every day are going to use to talk about it. So like um, to go back to that animal shelter example, like if you were to say adoptable felines, that would be very weird. Like nobody's nobody's searching for that, right? They're looking for adoptable cats, adoptable kittens, things like that. So you're going to want to look for what are these terms that are getting searched. Other things you're going to want to keep in mind is one, sort of how do the ebbs and flows of your mission work? So uh, for example, we have clients who work with uh, kids and in schools. There's going to be some seasonal interest that peaks as school is getting back in session going to have a low season during the summer. So you're going to want to look for these sort of ebbs and flows in keyword searches and understand kind of that you're going to want to be hitting those at least a little bit before they're going to be broadly searched um, and kind of wind it back. The last thing you're going to want to do is get an idea of how Google sees your site to begin with. Um, And there's a couple of tools you can use to do that. The first one, and probably the one I would recommend folks start with, although it does, I'm sorry to say, uh, involved setting up another uh, another portal would be Google Search Console. This is going to show you the organic searches. It's going to show you every search that people did to land on your website and what page they landed on. You're That's talking a really about the, great go- the Google Search Console? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you would um, set that up and manage that for a client? 
We can. Um, it yeah. kind of depends on their interest. So it's something we are able to set up. It's it's not difficult, um, but not every single client is interested in it. But that's one resource you can use. The other resource you can use is there are tools within ads, and this is usually what we start with, that will show you what terms folks are coming in with. And the cool thing about ads as well is if you start running ads, so let's say I'm doing, let's say I'm running an ad for adoptable kittens, right? If someone searches kittens for adoption, that's a different keyword. It might not be a keyword I've included, but there are reports within Google Ads that'll show you, hey, we think that this keyword has a similar intent, like someone's looking for the same thing. We showed it to them. They clicked on your ad. You might say, great, okay, I hadn't even thought of that keyword first, but let's go ahead and add that to our campaign so that people um, who are searching these very similar keywords can uh, find our ads as well. So you'll start to, over time, grow out this big bank of not only sort of the keyword variations that most people are searching, which are typically going to be your shorter versions. Um, they're typically going to have, you know, a, a syntax that you would kind of expect if you're being very conversational. You might get to these longer term keywords where they might be like, you know, adoptable kittens, like vaccines or like adoptable kittens spayed already or something like that, where it's like probably not what most people are searching, but still. Of so interest. Is, is AI starting to show up in this area as well for keyword research? Or Yeah. Yeah. So AI can be a really cool um, brainstorming tool. This is sometimes how we'll use it actually um, on our end. So we will get on ChatGPT and, you know, the whole way that ChatGPT works is it was trained on the internet to look for connections between words. It is a language model. So it is a really effective tool. If you say, hey, give me, you know, 50 keyword variations on, and you can put in a keyword there, kittens for adoption, um, it'll spit out a huge list and you can kind of look at that and then you can pair that with um, Google Keyword Planner. That's a tool within ads and it'll show you if you search, hey, here's the search volume that we saw for that over the last year. Here's the month over month changes. You know, here's uh, how that is trending. Here's what the cost per click would be, et cetera. So yeah, we're we're big fans of using AI to sort of um, make those connections and kind of help us work faster in that regard. Right. I think some of our listeners' brains probably heard at this point. Oh, I, it's, it is one of those things too, like <laughs> yeah. even being in marketing, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, the rabbit hole of like all the different things you have to know and understand. But that's why it's important to have a good partner to help you like navigate. I agree. Stuff. I 100% agree. So let me ask you this. Have you ever set up a portion of people's ad programs to promote their event? Yeah. Events are a really popular uh, way to engage with the Google ad grant. So Usually what we'll do for that is we will have some form of landing page that lives on their site that gives all the event details. And then usually for that, we're going to set up some kind of conversion. If they have like an RSVP function or a like send me more info function, like some sort of button that people can say, yes, I want to hear more, we'll track that. Um, if it's a little bit more of a hands-off thing, maybe they have a community calendar, we might just track page views. But ideally, we're getting those conversions in because that's going to give people a lot more granular data on kind of what's going on. Yeah, I, I love this idea. I mean, for, especially I mean for nonprofits, like this idea. It's almost like a stacking, you know, of of you, you're you're wanting that initial maybe just an email address, right? And mm -hmm. then it can be part of your broader strategy to then you know start doing a, a drip campaign of emails to those people to provide value back to them, right? And then then you can ask them for a sale or ask them for a donation or whatever that bigger ask is. But I mean. Getting those initial emails or those initial leads are the probably the hardest part for for nonprofits and, and yep. whatnot. So I think this is probably a great 
like piece of the whole pie as far as the strategy goes to like front fill the emails that then we need to do all these other yeah. um, actions with. So, I mean, it's, totally. it's really cool. I didn't even know about this. Like, how, yeah. how do you even get how that? It's it is not look. I this is very generous of Google, right? But I will mm-hmm. tell you, it is not for everybody because you're gonna need <laughs> you're well, yeah, gonna you need Jessica manpower. to help you. Yeah, yes. and then you can have that guilt, like if you're not spending the money, it's like right. I'm losing ten thousand dollars a month or whatever yeah. the amount is. You know, like. So let me ask you this: this this is probably another inappropriate question, but we're like <laughs> I'm full of them today. Okay, like can you like you know borrow your like another nonprofit's grant program? Like can a nonprofit run like an ad for like another charity in their area if they wanted to, or would Google get mad at that? You're like yeah. subleasing the yeah, dog. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking. Not You're as like, yes, yeah. we're on the same yeah. wavelength with this one. And Not we stumped her. She's yeah. she's like, I'm gonna get fired if yeah. I answer this question. Uh, the IRS <laughs> is listening, and this is inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, click fraud aside, we, no, we, uh, it's not possible really to do that. One thing that is possible that some of our, our clients do take advantage of is if you, so for example, we work with a nonprofit, they're based in Memphis, Tennessee, and their like whole deal is they are trying to promote the city of Memphis, kind of make it very vibrant, et cetera. They have a lot of different websites that serve that mission for their various programs. So they have some that are dedicated to teaching and recruiting educators. They have some that are dedicated to like civic events and things like that, et cetera. They have like kind of their main website. So what we can do is um, if you have a situation like that where you're like, hey, we're one nonprofit, but we have all these different programs we want to promote, you can add extra websites or extra domains. Um, So that's that, you know, your name here.org. That's what a domain is. Um, And you can add those to your ad grant profile as long as they're kind of all subsumed right. under that same nonprofit. I think, so. you know what would be interesting, and I'll, I'll give you some history from us. So so the organization that we set up our ad program for was the Foundation for Prader-Willi Research. Prader-Willi Syndrome, which is the disorder my daughter has, is a rare disorder. There's just not enough searching out there for it. Um, so what I would recommend to people is if you're in that kind of niche where you just don't feel like – like you're going to be able to benefit from this because you're just there's just no way that any Prada really organization is going to spend ten thousand a month. Like the keywords just aren't that valuable. So um, there is an organization in this case called Nord, which is the National Organization of Rare Diseases. And what I would be and look, and I don't know the answer to this question, but what what I would say is it'd be better to have that organization like have the program Mm -hmm. and have the grants and then basically work with all of their members to kind of drive AdWords programs for them. Yeah. And, you know, look, maybe Google still doesn't like that approach, but I think in some cases, I I like your Memphis idea, which is you've got a a consortium of, of charities in an area and maybe they, maybe they come together and they become a consortium. They become their own 501 C three that maybe that could work for them. Because otherwise, it's just too big. It's it is it is just too big, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when we looked at it, but um, unless you want to run fifty events a year, and then you probably get some money out of it. But so anyway, I think it's it, it is definitely a cool idea, and I think it's a good it's a good element to add to kind of your mix of marketing out mm-hmm. there. Does Facebook have anything like this, or does any of the other platforms have similar yeah. programs? 
So Microsoft ran a pilot for something very similar. They call it Ads for Social Impact. Um, and it was a very similar thing. Instead of uh, Google Ads, they would be obviously Bing Ads. Since it's Microsoft. Does anybody go to Bing? Just well, Bing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is the question. And uh, they got some traction when when they integrated with ChatGTP. Where yeah. oh yeah yeah, it was like part of it, so you could ask Chat to like use internet information. I think. But no, nobody, nobody's being in it. Yeah, that's why it was a pilot program. <laughs> I was gonna say they're they're not taking new applicants if they ever open that back up. That's something yeah. we'll probably uh, you know dip our feet into. Um, but that's one that I know of. Um, Facebook has a number of tools for fundraisers. I do not believe they have um, ads that are like subsidized by Facebook. They have a number of like fundraising tools that you can use. Um, so you can run ads as a nonprofit, of course, on you know kind of any platform you want if you're willing to pay for it. But I think Google Ad Grant is is fairly unique in terms of um, just the size of it and kind of the ubiquity. Because when we think about this concept of like discoverability, you know, as you mentioned before, tons of people's first stop is Google and Google owns uh, 90% of the search market. So they are almost certainly going to be the platform that a lot of your supporters are, are or future supporters are going to when they're looking for stuff about your site. Social media can be an effective tool. You get that kind of benefit of like social proof. So like my friend donated to this fundraiser for their birthday, like maybe I will do that as well. Um, but it's, you know, the trade-off on that is the kind of lack of of perfect control over kind of where you show up and and to right. whom and how. Is it is it just Google AdWords or could it also be like YouTube pre-roll or other, you know, places like that? Yeah. They have a program, so uh, to just sort of, you know, lift up the curtain a little bit and, and take one step back on this, uh, on the ad grant application process, one of the things that you do when you are applying for the ad grant is you sign up for Google for Nonprofits. In Google for Nonprofits, there is another program that is called YouTube for Nonprofits, and it lets you run ads, kind of add links to videos that your nonprofit is putting up. So that is a program that nonprofits can take advantage of. I find for that one, that is the type of program that I think is actually probably best suited for really large nonprofits who have uh, a ton of video that they can put out. So like the ACLU is is Google's um, kind of and YouTube's like example in that instance. Not to say that you have to be the ACLU to get value out of that, but just I think there are a lot of nonprofits who are like, we don't even have one video, let alone multiple right. videos that we can kind of link to. So um well, that they need to hire of, brand Viva Media to yeah, generate more go. videos for them. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Get some videos exactly. going. Content. It's all about yeah. that content. It is about like and and making good content is hard. Yeah. No, right? it is. It's time consuming. Yeah. It requires you know more bodies, and you know sometimes it's easier just to hire an agency instead of I a full time person. <laughs> Look, I mean, for profit companies, we hire agencies, right? I mean, it's you don't like you need that expertise in those areas. So I would just encourage you know to kind of wrap this podcast up. I would definitely encourage our listeners. Work with an agency if you're if you have Google Grants and it's working for you, great, congratulations, right? But if you are thinking about, wow, this is a cool grants program and I can actually use some extra traffic to my website, all of that could be really true. I would just definitely explore hiring an agency to help you with it. So, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's often going to be a lot more cost effective. It's going to be a, a little bit more. You know, you get the benefit of the fact that the agency sees hundreds of organizations in your shoes yeah. rather than, you know, your full-time employee who sees one, maybe two or three, depending on their work history, you know? Right. Well, and with nonprofits, right? It's like usually there's small teams that are already spinning so many plates. Yeah. 
And so it's like to then, like you know, to your point, it was like it was stressful that you had this. This it was like it was a blessing, and then also extremely stressful at the same yeah, time. Yeah, well, they send you warnings. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, you're okay. not using it. You yeah, don't have so enough conversions. It's, it's like okay, I calling need. your friends up. Hey, click on these ads. <laughs> Search. I'm not saying you should do yeah. that. By the hypothetically, way, hypothetically, you know, <laughs> hypothetically, I knew a guy once who told right. me a story about 15 clicks short this month. <laughs> So no, that's it's been good. So hey, um, let's wrap this podcast up. Jessica, thank you so much for your insights here. Like I said, the Google Grants program is really cool. Um, if you're not in Google for nonprofits, you should be. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. So I wouldn't even talk about tools. that, but I mean, go there, apply, get free email, and you know, I get it. You're you know maybe you're Microsoft shop and you have Microsoft for nonprofits. Yeah, they they're great too, right? But you might as well apply for all of them and use the tools that you can get. Yep. You know? And you can have and both. They don't check to make sure you're loyal. You can have both. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I, did, I don't remember that checkbox saying, are you a Microsoft customer? Oh. Click here, and then if you say yes, it, it kicks you out. I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> the, the sirens start wailing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Team. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, we're going to wrap up this uh, version of Elevate Your Event podcast. And Jessica and Mark, thanks again for joining us today and talking about marketing. We'll come back in a future podcast and maybe dive into some other stuff. Maybe heat maps or something cool like that. I don't know. (laughs) Like a heat map of your event. Like, where did everybody congregate? I bet you it's the bar. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Or the hors d'oeuvres table. (laughs) The hors d'oeuvres table, if they're good. So, okay. So, until then, you guys have a a great fundraising experience. And, again, um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. Um, We're on YouTube as well. And we'd appreciate a review and a five-star review and comment there as well. And a follow. You know, if you follow that, then you get notified every single time a new episode gets released. Subscribe to us. That's right. For sure. And we'll figure out how to get some AdWords (laughs) (laughs) to that podcast as well. Anyway, all right. Till next time, happy fundraising.